Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The volume. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Thursday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great week so far. We are live on Amps. Don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast feeds, that Amp is the very first place that you guys can get these shows. We're going to be breaking down all three games from tonight, although the Suns Clippers hasn't quite ended. They're up double digits late, and I will be shocked if they come back to win that one. So we're going to go ahead and get started before that game is finished. Um, and then we're going to touch on the Warriors. Uh, Avoiding the 3-0 deficit that would have been a death sentence for them and a convincing win. And then um, the Brooklyn Nets were up five late on uh, Philly and Tyrese Maxey stole the game away from them. So we're going to get into that. A little bit of the ejection-related shenanigans in that game as well as uh, I have some thoughts on Joel Embiid and his incessant flopping, which is driving me insane. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And last but not least, for whatever reason you guys missed one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, don't forget you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight you guys have heard me talk about game time the fastest growing ticketing app in the united states if you're looking to get out to an nba game an nhl game or even a concert or a comedy show game time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these so if you're looking to see your favorite nba team play in the playoffs game time has a deal for you if you're looking to go out and watch your favorite baseball team play in person since it's so hard to find them on tv these days game time has you covered. They're going to take amazing care of you. They've taken amazing care of me in the past. It's super easy to use. You're going to find a great deal. You're going to know exactly where your seat is all around. I highly recommend it to you guys. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download the Game Time app, enter email, and redeem code HOOPS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, enter your email and code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk some basketball. So, you know, I talked about this a little bit after game two. But I said, you know, sometimes it's less about schematics. It's fun to sit here and be like, oh, what if we do this 
or make this magical adjustment. It'll just completely change this entire series. And don't get me wrong, wrong there are uh, adjustments that take place in series, and some of, some of them can be monumentally important. You know, for instance, like the Warriors consistently slotting Andre Iguodala into, this, into the starting lineup in the middle of a series against LeBron James because LeBron was having so much success against Harrison Barnes. He was building his rhythm early in games and killing them throughout. But by starting Andre Iguodala, just made LeBron work harder earlier in the games and had an impact on his efficiency. There are adjustments that will swing series. A, sp- a specific pick and roll coverage, a specific defensive matchup where one individual defender is giving, guy a, a, giving a guy problems that the other defenders on the team haven't done. For instance, Davion Mitchell, the job that he's done on Steph Curry in this series. Thought it was super interesting that Mike Brown didn't play him a ton tonight. But more often than not, it's less about schematics and more about just doing better. Steve Kerr, in his interview after the third quarter, he basically said, look, like we knew we just had to take better care of the basketball and rebound better on both ends of the floor. And that's what we did. Like there, There's no, no magic cure other than just do your job better. In the, I've talked a lot about this, um, particularly in this series, as the dynamic of perimeter defense. You, it, it's it's not so much about you know finding the right guy here or there, but everybody as a team has to do a better job. Yeah, ideally, you have Gary Payton on uh, one of De'Aaron Fox or Malik Monk, and you have Harrison Barnes on the other, and you have Draymond Green on the back line. Ideally, that's what you'd have. You'd be able to contain those guys better, right? But today, it was no Gary Payton, no Draymond Green, and they had their best defensive game of the series as a team just swarming all over the floor, helping each other, making extra efforts, going out of their area to try to make plays. All around as a team, they just did better. And sometimes it's more about that than it is about any sort of schematic thing. I thought rebounding and taking care of the basketball was the story of the game. Just like Steve Kerr talked about, Kevon Looney led the way. Six offensive rebounds in the first half of a must-win playoff game when you are the only real center who's available on the roster. That is that is unbelievable clutch performance from Kevon Looney. Dante DiVincenzo was amazing off the bench. Every starter had at least five rebounds. You know, and then Steph Curry, Steph Curry it, it, I, it's so easy to be like, oh, Steph Curry, great game, 36 points. I thought he was so laser focused and locked in every single possession of this game. I was texting with some of our production staff uh, during the third quarter about how, so I, I love the way that different types of, or different, like, I love the way that the different ways that savage competitors manifest themselves in personality types. You know, you have guys that are like like LeBron James that are very boisterous and 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 love the attention and kind of come off as as you know prima donna like sometimes. And a lot of times people target that as a negative with him when like the persona is the persona. But that dude's a savage competitor. He works harder than most players in the league, and he does the little things to win basketball games better than most players in the league. Like, it doesn't matter if, it, if you're the Kobe Bryant, like, jerk asshole mentality, or if you're the Michael Jordan jerk asshole mentality, or if you're the super nice guy in Steph Curry, or if you're the super kind of like, you know, a uh, performative type of guy like LeBron is, is underneath it all, if you have that unbelievable competitive instinct that's what drives these guys it's i always talk about it as like a hatred of losing more than a love of basketball a love of basketball is a is a, is a monumentally important part of being a great basketball player but you also have to hate losing because the actual things that go into winning games are not necessarily fun the way that 
offensive skill set, just polishing your offensive skill set and working on your game. That 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 is fun. It's fun polishing those things. What's not fun is cracking down on the defensive rebounds when one of your teammates is boxing out. What's not fun is sprinting back in transition and putting your body on the line when someone's barreling at you at full speed. There, what's not like, like like Steph Curry, like that's your leader of your team, an undersized guy who's not who doesn't have the best physical tools in the world, and he's coming down on drivers from behind and, and snatching the ball from behind them and screaming to the crowd like. He was a warrior ready for this game. And it, and his impact on winning went well beyond the 36 points that he had in this game. Now, one of the stories that you're going to see, and a lot of people were talking about it on Twitter, I noticed. But there's going to be conversations about, are the Warriors better without Draymond? And we do this all the time <laughs> for whatever reason. And every time I get annoyed by how silly it is. Uh, the Warriors were 14 points better per 100 possessions with Draymond Green on the floor this season versus off the floor. They were 11 points better per 100 possessions last year in the postseason when Draymond was on the floor versus off the floor. You're not going into Sacramento and beating the Kings without Draymond Green. You need Draymond Green. That said, the Warriors are capable of winning without him, especially at home. And ironically, this game didn't really go the way I expected. I... I I expected the Warriors to win Game 3 and Game 4. Uh, I was still confident that they would get, win Game 3 after the Draymond Green suspension. I was still confident they would win Game 3 after the Gary Payton news, which was bizarre today that he missed the uh, game uh, with an illness, which is super unfortunate under the circumstances. I just... Here's the thing. As bad as the Warriors have been on the road this year, they've been just as good at home. They've looked like the championship-winning Warriors at home. And, you know, this is a consistent theme in the NBA, um, especially in the playoffs. But role players in particular generally tend to perform better at home than they do on the road. Dante DiVincenzo wasn't super impactful down in Sacramento. He had a monster night tonight, particularly as an athlete, just making plays all over the floor. Kevon Looney winning battles here in Golden State that he was competing in in Sacramento, but not winning to the same extent. Like, guys just play better at home. And this Warriors team in particular has always fed off of their crowd and managed to pull games out, especially against good teams this year at home when they've needed it. they got to win without Draymond, but guess what? You need Draymond. And, you know, one of the most encouraging things for the Warriors in the series and one of the biggest reasons why I have not picked Sacramento to win at any point, even when they were up 2-0, even when the suspension came down, the reason why I stuck with the Warriors as my pick and again, the series is not over. I could still very well be wrong when it's all said and done. But one of the big reasons why I, I stuck with my pick with the Warriors is the specific dynamic that was killing the Warriors in Sacramento. Struggling in transition, that can be cleaned up. Struggling on the glass, that can be cleaned up. The dribble penetration from De'Aaron Fox and from Malik Monk was the biggest problem. But they had kind of figured it out in Game 2. And they were starting to have some success. And I actually believe they would have won game two had Draymond not been suspended. They were going to go back, or ejected, I should say. They were going to go back to this core lineup, the one that I expect them to go down with when the chips are down, should game three be close, should, or game four be close, excuse me. And game five, when they're in Sacramento, I expect them to go down with this lineup. But Steph Curry with Clay Thompson, with Andrew Wiggins and Gary Payton, and with Draymond at the five, that is the lineup that I expect them to go down with in Sacramento. That way they can match up straight across with Gary Payton and Andrew Wiggins on Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. That lineup in Sacramento on the road, despite losing both games, 
was a plus five net rating in just under 40 possessions. Again, small sample size, but that's typical after just two games. But that grouping has been winning their minutes kind of convincingly in Sacramento. And that's what I expect them to go down with. Again, with playoff series, it's less about like how you're winning and whether or not you can continue to win that battle of tug of war over the course of the series. The Kings are going to win games a certain way. The Warriors are going to win games a certain way. You've seen that in that series. How do the Warriors win in Sacramento? They need to take the specific thing that Sacramento does so well, which is dribble penetration from their guards, and they need to rein that in. They have the pieces to do so. On the other side of things, for Sacramento, they do not have the pieces to handle Steph Curry. There is no version of this story where they control Steph Curry. They have not been able to handle him in any of the three games of this series, whereas the Warriors have demonstrated some stretches where they've been able to lock down defensively and get a lot of stops. So, honestly, I felt like if Sacramento wanted to win this series, this was the game they had to win. And they did it. And it went different than I expected, like I said. And I thought it'd be all offense. I thought Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole would like combine for like 80 points. Clay and, and Jordan Poole kind of struggled in this game. I mean, Clay made some shots at the end, but for the most part, Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson did not play well. They won this game on the defensive end of the floor and on the glass. They only shot 40% from the field in this convincing win at home. They just barely played well enough on offense, but in a crazy high pace game, they managed to get enough stops. I think this series is going back to Sacramento tied at two, and I think game five will be one of the most important games of the series. Um, I disagreed with, I talked about this earlier, but I disagreed with Mike Brown going away from Davion Mitchell. I he played like, I think, I want to say like 17 minutes in this game. Obviously, he can't stop Steph, but he can make Steph work hard. And I think one of the best pathways to victory in this series for Sacramento is to try to fatigue Steph. Uh, particularly with a lot of ball pressure from Davion Mitchell to make him work hard. You saw particularly in game two, the game they played Davion the most minutes, you saw Steph start to leave some jumpers short at the end of the game, despite getting some pretty good looks. I, I, I think that's a big uh, like kind of adjustment that I'd expect Sacramento to make. I think that he, I think that uh, Mike Brown sensed that the game was getting off the rails a little bit, and it almost seemed like he stuck with Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter because those guys haven't shot well, and he knew the game was a loss. And I think he left him out there to just try to kind of try to get their rhythm in time for game four. But I don't think it's going to matter. I think both Gary Payton and Draymond are coming back in game four. I think the Warriors are going to come out and put together another impressive double-digit win. And I think we'll head um, into game five from there. All right, moving on to Clippers Suns. So when we started this show, they were up 13 in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they ended up closing the deal from there. Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell put up a valiant fight. But they just couldn't bother KD enough without Kawhi out there. And then Devin Booker just lit them on fire uh, in this particular game. I wanted to talk about the Kawhi Leonard injury for a second because I find this to be kind of bizarre. Um, I'll be really curious to see in the post-game quotes from guys like Ty Lue and Russell Westbrook whether or not this was something that they were made aware of <laughs> in the time leading up to the games. Kawhi has had a tendency to just kind of surprise people. Uh, with his injury um, status, which has been uh, strange. You know, I don't know where we go from here with Kawhi. You could not possibly have approached this season with more caution as it pertains to wear and tear. And I get that from a certain perspective. I've, I've, and I've said this for years, but I kind of disagree with that strategy. I'm a big believer in conditioning your body. 
Get your body used to taking on heavy mileage. Uh, that doesn't mean you drive it into the ground. I don't even think it's necessarily out of out of line to say, hey, like sit out back to backs. Like that to me makes some sense, especially for guys like Kawhi that have had injury history. But I do believe that when you do play, when you are healthy, you should play, and you should play significant minutes. Why? Because this is a two month grind where you're playing basically every other night, and if you want to win the trophy, you got to win sixteen playoff games, and you're probably going to lose another eight or nine more. So, like, this is a hefty chunk of basketball where you have to play 38 to 40 minutes a night of really high effort and intensity two-way basketball. You have to condition yourself for that. But regardless of what it was, this strategy didn't work. This strategy of resting him all season long, he broke down in two games of playoff basketball. And again, when I say I don't know where this where it goes from here, I, I genuinely don't. Like, how do how do you change your approach from here? Like, are you going to go super cautious again next year under the same circumstances? Down 2-1 in a series? Is he going to, like, does Kawhi seem like the kind of guy who's going to push to come back in game four to attempt to wrest control of this series that, you know, honestly, even if Kawhi outplays KD, may not be enough to win? And to do it on a bum leg and potentially do further damage? Let's say you win this series. Is your knee ready for a second round series against, you know, battling with Aaron Gordon a bunch of games against the Nuggets? Like, I don't, I, this is, I look, I, I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to go at Kawhi uh, during this stretch. I want to be clear. I don't think Kawhi, Kawhi's too good at basketball to not love basketball. Uh, he just, it's impossible to be as skilled as he is and to work as hard as he has worked on his skill set if you don't love the game. So I know he loves the game, and I know he wants to play. But for whatever reason, he just has been super, super cautious, and even that hasn't worked. So I, I, I'll be—I don't know. Like, I, like is, I, it's, it's hard to even imagine what next season will look like for Kawhi under these circumstances. And right now, I'd be surprised if he came back to play at all in this postseason. And who knows? Maybe he comes back in Game Four and everything's fine. But I just don't understand why he wouldn't have played tonight under those circumstances, especially in a one-one series. Super bizarre. I was so impressed by him in this playoff series too. So it's just a bummer that I don't like this Kawhi. This was a series I had marked as a sweep, obviously super wrong. And this was a series that I thought would be relatively boring. This has been one of my favorite series to watch, especially those first two games. This battle between Devin Booker and Russ and Kawhi and KD has been super entertaining. And it feels like we're getting robbed of that. And that bums me out. Moving on to Sixers Nets really quick. Um, Tyrese Maxey flat out stole this game. The Nets were up five with, I think, just under two minutes left. And they run like a double pick and roll action. And uh, um, they duck under the pick or run into the pick. Tyrese gets a good look, sticks a three, brings it back to two. They go down to the other end. They're swinging the ball around the perimeter. And Tyrese Maxey just rips the ball away from Royce O'Neal, races all the way down to the other end and lays it in. We're tied. They go down. They get a stop. And... Tyrese Maxey just walks down and takes that hard pound dribble between your legs, which is like my favorite step back three move. That particular move, that through the legs hard to the right is a really good move to sell a drive because it's one of the best ways to protect the basketball when you're driving to the right is to stick your leg out and dribble between your legs. It gets you nice and low to beat a guy uh, in that leverage battle as you're trying to go to the right. So a lot of defenders are going to take a backward step on that hard pound dribble between the legs. And it's a really natural step back with a good base. You're not having to having to cover a ton of ground. 
got plenty of separation, rose up, stuck the jump shot. And then Joel Embiid with the clutch block at the end and the Sixers go up 3-0. I, I finally appear to uh, have picked a sweep right. We'll see. They got to close out game four, but I expect them to. A couple of specific things that I want to complain about here. The officiating thing. And, you know, say what you want about officiating and decision-making. There's one thing that is, no matter what the case is, unacceptable, and that's inconsistency. If you're going to eject Draymond Green from a game because he kicks another player, and then, literally two nights later, you're going to not eject a similar, like a star player, when he also kicks another player, when in both cases they were provoked. And I would argue Sabonis provoked Draymond more. He grabbed his ankle. Nick Claxton just kind of stepped over Joel Embiid. Now, it's an aggressive, taunting type of play. And, and I would have not ejected either of them, for the record. But that inconsistency is the problem. Yeah, the suspension, it has been made clear by the league, had more to do with Draymond's histrionics after the play. And Colin laid that out for me last night, and I actually agree with him now. It makes sense to me. I'm bummed as a basketball fan that he wasn't able to play tonight, but it made sense to me. But the ejection itself, there's no consistency there, and that's the problem. And then later in the game, in a playoff game, in the fourth quarter of a game the Nets can win, Nick Claxton dunks on Joel Embiid and taunts him a little bit and gets ejected. Mind you, on a second technical, and again, like it's so easy to be like, hey, Nick Claxton, you should have known better. You already had a technical, not a smart move. I get that. But stop stop interfering in basketball games unless, as an official, unless you have a really damn good reason to. You are not the star of the show. The players are. We want to see Joel Embiid beat the Nets at full strength with Nick Claxton on the floor. We want to see the Kings beat the Warriors at full strength with Draymond Green on the floor. You're interfering with the television product. For, and again, I get it if it's obvious. You know, dude, cold cocks a dude. Yeah, eject him. James Harden got ejected in this game for an inadvertent off-arm to a guy in the crotch. That was like, like inadvertent. Like the, 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 the inconsistency on this stuff... The main character syndrome from officials is driving me insane. And, and I've been talking about this all season. It's one of the, the most under-discussed and undercovered problems with the NBA right now is the role of officials and them not understanding that their job is to facilitate good basketball games and nothing else. There's no other role they play. Help us watch the basketball players. Not you, the basketball players. All right, I'm off my soapbox. I have one last soapbox to get on. This Joel Embiid flopping thing, you know, I was really impressed with Joel Embiid in the second half of the season. I thought he attacked all the stars in the league. As much as I would have voted Giannis for MVP, I accept the fact that Joel Embiid is a deserving MVP winner. I've been really impressed by his skill development and everything he's doing at the foul line and the way that that's made him like borderline unguardable. I've, I've been vouching for this Philly team all season as a real championship threat. I was the guy who said that I expected uh, James Harden to have a big bounce back year, and he's been much better than he was last year. I'm a bit, I've been trying so hard to jump on this Philly bandwagon, and Joel Embiid makes himself so unlikable with this crap 
there was a play where like and Joel Embiid, what is he like, two hundred seventy pounds? On a, like on a light little body check on an entry pass, like splayed out on the ground, and I can't remember. I think it was Royce O'Neal. Uh, uh, it might have been Nick uh, Nick Claxton. I think it was Royce O'Neal that bumps him, and he's just looking down at him like, "Dude, what are you doing, man?" First of all, it's embarrassing. Second of all, it's dangerous. He tore up his knee teams, uh, his teammates' knee last year doing it. Third, it's a objectively bad for the television product. Fourth, the officials have no idea how to handle it. More often than not, they reward him. And fifth, it actually doesn't help him win basketball games because if he played with physical aggression and actually held his ground, dudes would bounce off of him and he'd actually still get foul calls, if not more foul calls, and he'd be more efficient. So, like, I I, have, I can't get on the Joel Embiid, you know, I can't get on that bandwagon until he cuts that shit out. It's like, it's just, it's, it's just objectively unlikable. Um... Tomorrow is my wife's 30th birthday, and we're celebrating. This whole trip has been kind of centered around uh, her, but we're going to celebrate tomorrow night, so we're taking that night completely off. But I'll be covering tomorrow night's games on Saturday morning, and then we're going to be going live on AMP on Saturday night after Lakers-Grizzlies to break down all of the Saturday slate. As always, I appreciate you guys. We've had a crazy successful week, and I appreciate you guys rocking with the show, and I will see you guys on Saturday morning. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.